back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guest to the show today, Dan Hood, who is the Editor-in-Chief of Accounting Today. Hello, Dan. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to, to be here today. Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of all the work that you do over at Accounting Today. So I'm excited to share that more with our audience and learn more from your experience. Before we kind of dive into that, though, it would be great for our audience if they could learn a little bit more about you. So if you wouldn't mind, you could share some more information about your background and how you became uh, what you are today. That would be super helpful. Sure. Uh, I'm, uh, I've been uh, with County Today for about 25 years. I've been editor-in-chief for the past 10. Before that, I was uh, managing editor, and I sort of came into it uh, in a weird way. I'm not an accountant. I don't have a background in accounting, um, but no, nor am I a journalist. I actually had a background in production and design, uh, and uh, this is probably way more than we need, but back in the 90s, those two things overlapped, editorial and production and design, and then at some point, they separated. When they separated, I ended up somehow on the editorial side, but I had done production work for the Wall Street Journal, for their European edition, uh, for a bunch of business-to-business publications, and I sort of ended up, like I said, sort of accidentally uh, becoming managing editor of Accounting Today back in the in the late 90s, um, and then uh, sort of easing on over to the editorial side. And at this point now, I, I, I know more about accounting than anyone who isn't an accountant should. Uh, because it's been here for a long time, but uh, it was all sort of very accidental. Very cool. I love those organic paths that we take. I've done something very similar. I, I always thought that my career would be very well orchestrated and designed the whole way, but didn't work out that way. And I'm glad right. that it did. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's turned out great. I'm, I'm pleased, but uh, definitely could not have predicted it. <laughs> well said. Well, let's talk a little bit more about some of the fantastic content that you produce over at Accounting Today. And in particular, something we're interested in, because we talk a lot about that on this show, is technology, automation, and all of these topics uh, specifically in accounting. So I know you produce a lot of great content on the topic, and I'd love to kind of start where you'd like to best in terms of talking more about just the role of technology in accounting, you know, with all of the experience that you have. I'm sure you've seen quite a bit change over time, especially more recently. So anywhere you'd like to start is kind of uh, what I'd like to pick your brain about first. Sure. Uh, I mean, there, there's no question, and I think it's uh, becoming more and more obvious that technology is is one of the big, if not the biggest, driver of change uh, in the accounting profession. There's a couple others, some demographic issues and some some market issues, but really, technology is uh, uh, one of the biggest drivers, and it's it impacts a lot of different areas of, of the accounting profession. Everything from staffing uh, to marketing to the services they're offering uh, to the services they're going to offer and be able to offer in the future. So it's it's a pretty huge topic, and it, it we cover it enormously as itself as technology, but then also in its impact in all the different uh, other different areas of, of of running a public accounting firm or, or, or a corporate accounting department, for instance. Um, so we sort of look at it as uh, for a long time, what technology has been doing is reproducing the work that accountants did in other forms. They did it on paper. Uh, they did it in uh, you know in, in, in ledger books, giant ledger books, or or eleven column, thirteen column paper, whatever the case may be. Uh, uh, for the say the last thirty years, what we've seen is technology has been just reproducing that work digitally, right? What we're starting to see, we've started, it's already happened over the past decade, but we're really starting to see it ramp up where technology is starting to change the work that accountants do. So it's not just reproducing it in digital format. It's actually starting to give them new uh, new capabilities, and new opportunities. One of the things, a good example of this, right, they talk about with auditing. This is the thing they're starting to look at. Previously, auditors had to sample. You always had to sample stuff because there was no way you could physically go through every single transaction that a company had or every single record they had. You had to, you had to you know, do a very smart sampling, but you were still picking a small subset of it because there was no way you could go 
through it. Well, you look at technology now, you have the capability to to check every single transaction, right? You can you can write a program, write a bot, create a bot, whatever the case may be, to look at every single transaction uh, in uh, in a company's books, in a company's set of records, and and assess them. And, and do all kinds of tests on them. And that's just, I mean, it's, that's just a, it's a great sort of top level example of the way it's changing what accountants are going to do. And that's going to change very much the shape of the audit. Similar things are going on in tax planning. Similar things are going on in, in bookkeeping. Every aspect of what accountants do is suddenly susceptible to these, uh, to this sort of step change going from not just moving it to a digital platform, but uh, opening up all these new opportunities for doing things differently, more efficiently, but also better. Uh, so it's pretty exciting, but it also puts a sort of burden on accountants to keep up, right? Because uh, sure. a lot of their a lot of their basic work is getting commoditized because computers can do it, right? Computers can at this point, computers can do most tax returns, um, but they can't offer tax advice, right? They can't say, "Oh yeah, you have children uh, who go into college; you need to start planning for that." You and your uh, your spouse need to figure out what your plans are. You and your you know you need to determine what your priorities priorities are. What do you care most about? Computers can't do that uh, yet. Maybe someday they will, so. but, uh, but for, for now, we're hoping that they don't learn how to do that because that'll be creepy. But um, they're commoditizing that low low level work, but offering yeah. up tremendous opportunities at the high end. And accountants need to keep up with the technology, but also keep up with the opportunities that it offers. That's a very sort of sorry. That was a little yeah. bit of a, a sermon, but no, I think that's an excellent example, especially the one about auditing. I mean, you're talking about big changes there, right? Talking about an industry that was operating in a very specific way for a very long time. All of a sudden, tech comes through. You know, I know uh, for a while their audit as a service had been getting beaten up by the industry because of its difficulty and challenges of keeping up. Because not only is the volume of data so significant, but it's multiplying. It seems like exponentially with all the technology that's changing the underlying businesses, not just that what the accounting firm has access to themselves, but because of the explosion of technology and the evolution that's happening in this. Uh, is they continue to accelerate, it's producing more and more data, making it harder and harder for anyone who's required to kind of process data to be able to keep up. And accounting firms are certainly uh, no exception. If anything, you know, what's it made it really difficult for them to maintain the integrity of that audit service because of things that they had to do. Like you mentioned, there wouldn't be just enough time in the world in order to go through all of the data they have to when they're trying to conduct an audit. But now technology is starting to give them the kind of advantages that they need in order to kind of turn that thing around where You've mentioned that no longer do we necessarily use these like strategies we used before, which is like sampling. We can actually evaluate all of the data, but that's going to fundamentally change not just you know what tools and resources that you're using like tech in order to do something. That's going to change the fundamental process itself as well, too, in terms of how the accounting firms are operating and how their service works. So I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that as well, too, in terms of how the industry seems to be responding so far with the dramatic changes that technology is either promising or some of which are already here in terms of how the accounting firms are responding to how that's going to change their kind of internal processes and how they offer these services. You know, it's interesting because, I mean, and this is true of, I'm sure, of every industry or of every profession, right? There's some segments of the profession that are super, uh, super excited about it, super ready to to dive into these things and make the most of them. Uh, and sometimes they do that because they're forced to, right? We saw a lot of change through the pandemic, right? Auditors, uh, one of my favorite examples is the auditors using drones uh, to to count inventory or or smart glasses. You know, you have someone, so the client puts on the glasses, you're looking, seeing what they see. They can go in their warehouse and look at all their inventory. You never have to leave your office. Uh, some of that's done because they have to. Some of it's done because they're excited about it. There's big portions of the profession that are, you know, they're just busy getting their work done. So they're not embracing technology as much as they should. Um, but but I think the firms that are, 
uh, really, it's it's in many areas. This is just beginning, right? They're just beginning to see uh, the capabilities between, behind uh, data analysis, behind uh, machine learning, behind uh, RPA, uh, behind artificial intelligence, all those sorts of things. I think for a lot of them, it's it's very much early days, so they're starting to figure out how to do it, or starting to figure out that they need to figure out what it means. So, so you've seen a lot of, uh, you know, of the firms that are starting to deal with it, you're seeing them say, okay, what does this mean? What does blockchain mean? What is it? Do I have to have a blockchain practice? Uh, you know, what do I, what, what, what does artificial intelligence mean to me? Is it something I'm going to use myself or is it just going to get baked into all the products I use? And in that case, that's, you know, you still have to learn something about it, right? Cause you have to learn how it's changed the products you're using, whatever they may be, you know, whether it's a tax software or a, a bookkeeping software or accounting software, whatever it is, you, you may need to know what those capabilities give you, you know, or what capabilities those technologies baked into your software, uh, what they allow you to do. Uh, you may not have to know how to use AI specifically or write an AI program or anything like that, but you need to know what, how it changes the software you're already using. So I think to sort of back to take it back to a higher level, um, I think that's where we're at is a lot of firms are still figuring out what they need to figure out. Um, and part of the problem there right, is, is everything changes so quickly. That uh, by the time you figure it out, it's uh, it's already passed. Well um, so it's uh, uh, it's a constant treadmill that they're on, and I think that's that's one thing we are seeing firms, more firms, do is um, set up a regular process, whether it's a committee or just a single partner who's on top of it, or their chief technology officer if they're big enough to have one. Um, to set up an, an ongoing assessment of, hey, where do we stand now? What new technologies are coming along the line? What do we need to uh, to look at? We're, we're just in the midst of putting together our, uh, an annual sort of, it's not really ranking, but it's a, uh, a report we do on sort of uh, 10 top firms for technology, firms that are doing really handling technology cool. really well. And, and almost all of them have some kind of innovation committee or some kind of group internally that monitors just the general state of technology to say, okay, do we need to do this? You know, do we need to be in the metaverse? Is this thing we need to do or can that wait? Um, and it varies from firm to firm. Some firms will need to adopt certain technologies because they have clients in that area or uh, because that's something that, that's, that ties in with the services they offer. And some firms will look at, at a particular technology and go, yep, we don't need to worry about that. But, but either way, they need to look at it and assess it. Uh, so we're seeing that's, that's one thing I will say that firms are starting to get good at is is say, okay, do we need to, is this a technology we need to pay attention to? And if we do, when do we need to, do, do we need to do it right away? Or it's something we can sort of phase in over a couple of months or over a couple of years, you know, we come back at this, look at this again in a year and see if it's, you know, blockchain, for instance, for some firms, they're deep, you know, look at a, a firm like Armanino deep into blockchain, right? They're offering blockchain services already. Um, they're, you know, you're, uh, they're, uh, they're all over it. Um, some firms are also looking at that and going, yeah, blockchain doesn't matter to me or to any of the industries that I serve, so I'll just look at it again in a year. Um, so it depends on the firm. But like I said, we're seeing more of them get good about thinking about technology proactively. Yeah, that's some excellent um, insight in terms of how, the how it's trending in industry as well, too, and how firms are responding. That portion that you mentioned, too, being uh, the almost perpetual treadmill with the ever-changing technology, just kind of the seemingly the nature of it is something that uh, I've a lot of a big part of my background has been in technology before I specifically applied it into the accounting industry. But um, it's one of the concepts that you learn early on when you spend a lot of time in technology, and it's not less frustrating then, <laughs> but you do get a little bit more used to it. And then after you get used to it, you realize that some of the underlying fundamental concepts, they persist in terms of tools come and go, but ultimately, the problems they're trying to solve, and the you know sometimes even the ways that they're trying to solve them, they have things in common. So it becomes a little bit less daunting in terms of thinking like, oh no, I need to 
I need to turn over my tech stack yet again. I feel like I just did this kind of a thing. So it's a fatiguing element, but I think you did a good job of explaining how the industry and firms are responding to it. In fact, I just spoke with a firm that I'm working with earlier today and learned that they have a committee specifically for something similar to what you had mentioned. Their focus is on productivity. So they're keeping a close eye on developing trends, technologies, learning more about them. And I'm curious to learn more in terms of your take as well, too, in terms of how you're seeing firms kind of further develop the relationship with technology in terms of, you know, making these decisions in terms of what makes sense, you know, what do we look, what, we, what do we need to focus on and how do we better understand what's going to help us without taking on too much? Because we see that, you know, and over the course of my experience in technology, I've seen that time and time again, where bite off more than you could chew. Now you've gotten way, you know, put the cart way in front of the horse. Now, you know, we, we, we hoped that we were going to benefit from all the advantages that the technology promised us, but we skipped, it seems like we skipped a bunch of steps. As such, we should go back, probably take a different approach. So I know you have expertise in that area as well, too. You've written about that quite a bit. So I'm curious to see, you know, what you're seeing in industry in terms of how it's responding to figuring out where to fit technology into their decision-making process. Right. So I mentioned those best firms. This is sort of they're sort of like our case studies. So the best firms for technology. Uh, we've done this, I think we're now doing in our fourth or fifth year, um, and sort of looking at how th- how their responses to we ask some questions that, that revolve around that. You know, how do you prioritize uh, your tech spending? How do you decide what technologies to adopt? And that's definitely evolved over time. We've seen it. Uh, what we've seen is it's reached a point where they they're these firms, and these are obviously they're self selected firms because uh, it's it's an application process, and anyone can apply, but. Generally speaking, the firms that are going to apply are are, are pretty tech forward. Um, so there's a little bit of this is you know absolute best practice as opposed to common practice, uh, but they have very specific uh, criteria around you know when they when they look at a technology, what how are they going to approach it? You know, it's it's some some of it's about ROI, some of it's about you know does this offer a business case? Does this solve a a client need? How long would it take to implement? Who would it impact? How will it work with our other uh, the other software that we have in place already? How does it fit in with our tech stack as it is? Um, is you know and and it, what it all comes down to is it's a very practical pragmatic approach as opposed to like I said you know ooh, it's the metaverse we got to get in the metaverse we got to do this right now it's very much uh, uh, we're seeing the best firms are not interested in being on the bleeding edge right they're not just they they're and they're really not even that interested in being on the cutting edge I mean they want to they want to keep up absolutely no question but what they're really about is does this technology do something useful for me um, that 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 justifies the time uh, and effort because I know I'm going to have a lot of things that I have to implement I know I'm going to have a lot of software a lot of technology that I have to implement. I want to make sure that I'm only putting in the ones that are absolutely necessary and that definitely have a clear uh, a clear return uh, on investment. And sometimes that's a long term return. So it's not you know it's not that it's all short term thinking. But uh, they understand that every software implementation, every rollout of a new uh, software, every rollout of a new application is disruptive, right, to their staff. You get change fatigue. You get tired of oh, we're always using new software. So they want to make sure that they're only using the stuff uh, and only implementing things that really make sense for them. So it's super pragmatic, uh, which is great. And I don't know that every firm is like that, but certainly these these firms that are uh, are, are pretty well versed and pretty uh, pretty tech forward. That's that's their approach. Starting to be like I said, very much uh, pragmatic. As somebody one of them put it as you know our 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 sort of approach to technology is avoid shiny objects. Uh, you know, it's not about what's exciting. It's about what what works for us, what makes sense for us. Um, because each each one of them is a pretty heavy lift, right? Implementing any even the simplest of technologies is going to involve uh, training and all kinds of you know whatever implementation problems go along with it. There's a million of them. Uh, anyone who's ever implemented software, you know, can tell. 
So you want to make sure you're only doing the stuff that matters. And I guess that's the main thing that we're seeing, like I said, is that, that pragmatic approach. Yeah, that's some excellent advice, I would say. And it doesn't surprise me that the firms that are having the best res- best results with taking advantage of the best of what technology has to offer the accounting industry at the moment are those ones taking what I would refer to as kind of like this measured approach to it, right? Where it's it's good to know about what's coming, that bleeding edge, that cutting edge, but let's really focus on what's established and more importantly, so like what our firm needs now, which is interestingly, like that's the story behind where I came up with the name for my consulting firm next step is it's to focus on the next step, right? As opposed to it's so easy to like get excited about what might be possible or what's coming or what was just developed or released or whatever. But if you need to skip over a whole bunch of steps in order to try to utilize that, right? Just because you can, doesn't mean you should. And a lot of <laughs> firms workflows are not set up to take advantage of that. So if again, like we can only move the slowest, our slowest members, like what our team is familiar with and what will match our workflow to improve that efficiency. So if you're trying to skip some of those steps there, you could be doing yourself a disservice. And yep. I think that obviously results in some of these firms that are having the best experience, better leveraging technology to improve things at their own firm in that taking that measure approach, right? Focusing on the next step. And like, I really like what you mentioned, but that one foreign firm said is avoiding that shiny object syndrome, because yep. that is that is a powerful force, right? It's, you see that and it's like, oh, if we had, you get you get lost in that future vision. It's like, okay, I'm going to immediately shift gears and I'm going to live in that world. <laughs> it's like, well, we're back here on earth. We got a lot, I got a ways to go to get back to that, right? So I got a lot of tax returns to get through. Uh, so, <laughs> exactly. yeah. I, you know, I would throw in just one quick thing because I should say, I should point out, that's there are some firms. There's a you know a small number of firms that really are super bleeding edge, and they they totally. they know how to make it work. So I don't want to say, oh, no good firms uh, are out in the bleeding edge. There are some that are, but that's sort of their model, right? That's sort of that's what they do. Right. They love technology. Special they're things. everybody's it's their, their culture. Everybody's on it. Um, sorry. Um, so it's a it's a you know that's that's sort of their calling card. That's what they do. Uh, but for most firms, like I said, that that measured approach is really. Uh, uh, what works best. That's a big deal for sure. Yeah, well said and good point. Uh, there's a lot of firms doing some really exciting stuff in the accounting industry and kind of making that their core focus, right? As in we're gonna we're gonna design the next version of the accounting firm and here's what it's gonna look like, right? Completely remote, decentralized, leveraging uh, fully automated, that type of thing. And uh, that's well, the market has responded well to that as well also because you've got different types of clients, right? That are if they're in technology, they're expecting these more progressive options to be available. Chances are that's probably going to be a better fit for them culture-wise as well, too, which is something you mentioned earlier as well. Um, Super exciting. Um, Probably one of the remaining questions I have for you is, in terms of trends and what you're seeing, what are you most excited about that you're expecting kind of produce big changes in the industry as it pertains to technology and accounting? Right. Um, I, you know, one of the things I, uh, they talk with the, one of the biggest uh, growth areas for accounting firms is uh, client accounting services, uh, which is all you know empowered by, um, well, it's empowered by the the, the expertise and the, the the knowledge of of accounting firms, but it's also powered by cloud accounting systems that allow you to sort of uh, to be in your client's business at the same time they are right. You're able to see all their data at once, and I think that sort of that real time collaboration, that real time, everybody's looking at the same set of data right now. I think that's that's pretty exciting because I think it's true across. Um, 
across every every branch of the profession, every aspect of the profession, that ability to see the same set of data that everybody else is seeing, uh, that your clients are seeing at the same time is huge. We, we just did a story about, uh, you know, what the, what's the audit going to look like in 10 years? And uh, and somebody suggested what it's going to look like is like a mission control room uh, from, from NASA, right? You're just going to be looking at a giant wall of stuff and you won't do a, a once a year audit or a quarterly audit or anything like that. You'll just be constantly monitoring uh, because you'll have all this data, you'll have it all in real time. And you'd say, whoa, that's a bad, you shouldn't be writing that down or you shouldn't be writing that up or you shouldn't be giving that accounting treatment. That's wrong. We don't we don't recommend that, or we would you know we would flag that as something in an audit. So fix that now, and you don't have to worry about it. Um, that sort of potential for uh, constant contact and constant monitoring and constant access to data, I think, is pretty cool. And like I said, across a huge range of things, you know, uh, to you know, to pick a different aspect of the profession, right? Tax. How many tax preparers, uh, you know, say? I hate it when my clients come in and they tell me six months later that they've made some huge purchase or some huge decision about the tax life. And they're coming to me now, six months later, when, I, when we can't do anything about it, we just have to deal with the consequences. You know, if you could see that now, I'm not saying that accountants should be monitoring their, their individual clients' lives on a regular basis, but still the ability to, to maybe get ahead of some of those issues and to be, you know, to be in advance of that. I think that's really neat. Yeah, those are some excellent examples, in the particular that auditing example where we switch from a, which is now a very reactive process to a very proactive one is super exciting and has, I think, dramatic implications for how that service offered by accounting firms can change for the better, putting accountants in a position they probably haven't been in before, which is you know also just going to be producing a ton of value add for their clients, which I'm super excited about. So that's an excellent one. That's one I've studied pretty intensely as well, too. And I know we've talked about that before. Um, amazing. Thank you, Dan. Um, super insightful. I really appreciate you being here. I only have a couple questions for you before we let you go. And the first is uh, probably pretty obvious. And I know that's what I would recommend, but are there any particular resources, uh, which I obviously strongly recommend accounting today for anyone who's interested uh, or anybody can go to kind of learn more about anything we talked about here or any of the great work that you do? Awesome. Yeah, I would say accountingtoday.com. Go there. We got a, there's, there's new stuff every day. There's so much going on. Uh, we can barely keep up. Uh, but we do our best. So I, yeah, I would say go there. We've got a bunch of newsletters that come out every day that sort of break down if you're more into tax or if you're more into audit or if you're more into technology. So there's, it's split up that way. You can sign up those, those that get sent to your, uh, uh, your inbox uh, on a regular basis and uh, uh, get you, keep you up to date. But yeah, that's what I would do. There's a bunch of, I mean, I would say one of the nice things about the profession is that there's really a wealth of resources out there. There's a bunch of other great publications, some of our competitors whose names I won't mention, but they're great too. So um, there's a lot of great conferences that are out there. Uh, you know, the, the neat thing about accounting is that um, accountants will talk to other accountants about anything. They will share things that in other industries would be considered, um, you know, sort of, sort of state secrets. Uh, yep. You know, proprietary information and accountants will be like, no, let me tell you everything about how I do what I do and how I do it and give you my business plan in full. And they, they, they're just great. It's just, it's a neat thing. And so you see that in, in all these other publications, but every conference and every meeting, uh, accountants just love to share what they're doing to make the profession better. So I would say, you know, be, I guess that would be my thing is go out and, and, and find the information because it's out there. And a lot of accounting firms, particularly smaller ones, struggle with, um, you know, how, I, how do I solve this problem? How do I answer this question? And somewhere out there, some other accountant has probably solved that problem or answered that question. And the, the more accountants you talk to, the more likely you are to get the answers you need. Super well said. And that's a really important and a special cultural element about the kind of accounting industry, which I absolutely love as well, too, is that interest in just sharing knowledge and pushing the industry forward together yeah. is a super special element in terms of like having being lucky enough to work with uh, accounting firms like you and I do. And uh, I'm sure for almost everyone listening, they're aware of who you, know, who you are. But uh, in the rare instance that they aren't, please uh, 
consume as much of Dan's information as you can. <laughs> Already counting today, which includes some fantastic articles you mentioned, uh, a lot of what's coming in audit, as well as Dan has a fantastic podcast as well, too. I make sure I listen to those episodes. I get my uh, email newsletters every day and I read them awesome. pretty thoroughly. So I learn quite a bit uh, every day. So thank you for everything that you do. And then the uh, last question I have for you is uh, who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? Uh, anybody who's got something going on with accounting. Obviously, we focus primarily on public accounting, so a little less on corporate accounting, but we do, do cover that as well. Uh, anybody, you know, if you're, you got software for accountants, we want to hear about it. If you're in an accounting firm doing something interesting, we want to hear about it. Uh, kind of anybody who's involved can reach out to us. We've got a contact page on the on the site with my email address. That's email is probably the best. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of stuff, but probably the best way to reach me is uh, email. Uh, and like I said, that's on the website in the in the contact us section. And it's also a bunch of our other editors. So if you're interested in technology, our technology editors on there, tax, our tax editors on there. So uh, I would say, yeah, go to that contact us page and uh, send us an email. Fantastic. And excellent point. Uh, the whole Accounting Today team is excellent. So I recommend consuming their information, obviously, as well, too. Thank you, Dan. I'll, I will link to all of that, all those resources in the show notes as well, too. So folks can make it easier for them to kind of find everything that you mentioned. And I, I really appreciate you being here, sharing your knowledge and experience with our audience. Thank you for having me, Sean. It was a, it was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Accounting Automation. I hope you found it valuable. I help accounting firms scale their profit exponentially without needing to hire any additional accountants. So if your firm is in growth mode and can't keep up, I'd love to talk to you more about how I can empower your firm to do more with less through automation and technology. To learn more, visit my website, nextstep.io, or email me, sean at nextstep.io. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at nextstep nxtstep.io. Hey folks, Sean here, and I want to thank you for engaging with my content and encourage you to sign up for my free five-day video email course called Bottleneck Buster. Bottleneck Buster is designed to show you how to boost the profitability of your firm without hiring. You'll learn where your firm is wasting time, how to get that time back, and how to reinvest it to drive greater profitability. Sign up for the course at bottleneckbuster.com.